0: Amanda, remember that time Catherine the Great definitely did not do anything weird with a horse? <music>
1: Remember That Time and Historical Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And
0: I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And hey, it's the first episode of 2020. Happy 2020, everybody. Happy New Year. Uh, I mean, full disclosure, we are recording this well before the New Year, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, yes. But by the time you're listening to it... It will be It will be... Yeah wild
0: yeah um would you like our first drink update of 2020
1: oh yes first drink I, update of the new year
0: i am having some almond milk baileys on the rocks mm. for my dairy-free lifestyle <laughs> it i is, am having oh go ahead i was gonna say it is so strong like yeah I, baileys is strong but i'm like used to it almond bailey's has a very different taste it does and it just tastes really strong Mm -hmm. i don't know what it is i guess maybe because it's like waterier speaking of
1: water (laughs) i'm drinking it (laughs) (laughs) you gotta start trying to find fun ways to do it because it's all i'm ever drinking yeah (laughs) new year same man (laughs) drinking water
0: (laughs) new year everything's the same i'm so sorry. sorry i just heard you like <laughs> i was taking a drink it was like a, it was like a cartoon gulp okay <laughs> so on this the first episode of 2020 i almost oh, wow. said 19 wow that's gonna happen to me a lot yep uh, um we are going to talk about Catherine the Great. Oh, boy. One of my favorite monarchs. Yeah, this will be a
1: very interesting one because she's an interesting lady.
0: Yeah. um, I will say there are going to be a lot of things from her reign that we don't talk about because there, there are, uh, like many other monarchs, a lot of military campaigns. And I'm not right. going to go in depth into them because there are so many. And it, this episode would last forever if I went <laughs> into single one. Uh, in fact, if I went... It too in depth into every single aspect of her reign, this episode would never end. So, <laughs> it's going to be some highlights, an
1: overview of the life of yeah, Catherine the Great, some Gary. bullet points. Yeah. Yep. a
0: lot of this stuff I got from Good Old History Channel's website, um, Britannica.com. Yeah, mm, Britannica. shout out to Britannica, <laughs> um, and a lot of it actually comes from. Um, uh, one of my favorite documentaries called "The Empire of the Czars." Mm, yes. Um, uh, by Lucy Worsley, who is like my my favorite historian. So, yeah. a lot of stuff in here from from her. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready? I am. All right. Well, we're bringing back our old friend, the old style calendar. Oh,
1: it's been a minute, old style calendar. How are you doing, hey,
0: girl? <laughs> so. Uh, Catherine the Great is born on May second, or in the old style, April twenty first of seventeen twenty nine, in the Kingdom of Prussia, which is now Poland,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as Princess Sophie. Although it's, I've heard it pronounced like Sophie, right? Um, Sophie Frederick August von Anhalt Zerbst Gornberg. <coughs> Those last three
1: are hyphenated, yeah. For any for everyone to just know and think about. I My just, goodness, I just what a name! I just need to point
0: out how I did not stumble through any of that pronunciation. I was.
1: I'm very proud of you.
0: I'm literally patting myself on the back right now. <laughs> a little bit of the like, cheers hands, you know. Uh huh. <laughs> so her father is the ruling, uh, is part of the ruling German family on Halt, and mm-hmm. holds a position as a Prussian general. Um, In the city in which uh, she is born. Right. That's interesting that he's like,
1: oh, sorry, ignore me. I was going to say that he's like part of the ruling family, but also holds a position. But was he not first in line?
0: No, I don't believe so. Okay.
1: That makes more sense.
0: I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. And it's also one of those regions that was like...
1: It probably made more sense for the ruler to be a general than anything else? Well, it was
0: ruled by... By, like, a particular monarchy, but then it's, like, split into different areas, so they all have their own kind of... Generals and... Governments and and stuff. Right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, I didn't go too in-depth into that with my research. Um, So she receives her education from a French governess and tutors, which is traditional Mm -hmm. um, for someone of her social standing. Yep. Uh, She was regarded as a tomboy and she's known by the nickname Fike. I don't know why. Huh. Um she wanted to be very well educated and she um believes strongly in self-improvement. So education's a very big theme in her life. Awesome. Love it. Love yes. it already. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, we'll get to it later. <laughs> um, so just, That's
1: always what you want to hear yeah, right? at the start of the episode. <laughs> right.
0: So despite the fact that her family is like part of the ruling class, they don't actually have that much money. And her rise to power is largely supported by her mother's wealthy relatives Hmm. who have good connections, basically. Sure. Um, So at age 14, she's chosen to be the wife of the heir to the throne of Russia, who is the Grand Duke, Peter. Mm -hmm. Um, Peter is the grandson of Peter the Great. And he's chosen by Elizabeth Petrovna, um, who is his aunt, uh, to take the throne. Because she actually took the throne by way of a coup. Oh, <laughs> go off, girl. <laughs> I'm not going to get too deep, because that's a whole other story. Yeah. Um, but she... So she didn't have any heirs. She never married. Um, but So she had to pick somebody who was, like, a legitimate heir to the throne. And she picked Peter, uh, who, again, was, was Peter uh, the Great's grandson. Mm. So... They actually first meet when, when Princess Sophie is 10. Um, she doesn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's 10. So, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just going to read this quote because I think it it sets it right. Uh she disliked his pale complexion and his fondness for alcohol at such a young age. Oh my god. Peter also still played with toy soldiers. Catherine later wrote that she stayed at one one end of the castle and Peter at the other. Oh my god. Peter by the way is German. So while he is of Russian blood descent, descent yeah. he he comes from German parents and is raised in a German household. Wow. So, we got two Germans coming up to take the throne in Russia, which you know they have to love.
1: (laughs) That is very like 10 year olds interacting with each other. It's like, because 10 year old girls think that they are so much more mature, and they usually are, than 10 year old boys. Yeah. Yeah. And they're always just like, I don't have any interest in anything that's happening over there.
0: Yeah. So, in 1744, Princess Sophie arrives in Russia and assumes the title Grand Duchess. Catherine, Alexievna, Alexievna. I can't pronounce it right. It's a patronymic name. I I yeah. Time with oh my gosh, those things are nuts. Yeah, she becomes very intent on integrating with the Russian culture, and she works really hard to learn the language. She like stays up late, pacing around her room, doing her like language drills. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think I read that like. She like contracted pneumonia doing that because she oh my was like up late in the cold, just like walking and she was her like room. working
1: herself too hard. Yeah, oh my
0: gosh. So on June 28th, 1744, Catherine officially converts to Eastern Orthodoxy. Sure, despite protests from her German Lutheran parents. Mm-hmm. The Russian Orthodox Church gives her this name, Catherine, or. Ekaterina. Um, that was then, very good. Thank y'all. And then the artificial patronymic name, which means daughter of Alexei, which obviously she was not. <laughs> but <laughs> but it was traditional to have a patronymic name. Yes. On August 24, 21st, 1745, Catherine and Peter are officially married in St. Petersburg. She's 16, he's 17, and they are second cousins. Oh, wow. Well. You know what, though?
1: Second Cousins is not as bad as First Cousins. And they are the same age. And so as marriages we've talked about on this podcast go, this one is not that
0: bad. That is a fair point. We have had significantly worse ones. Yeah. However, (laughs) their marriage is not a happy one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, biographer James Boswell stated that Shortly after they were married, Peter took a mistress and Catherine started taking several lovers, which we'll get sure we'll, we'll talk more about here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, She actually becomes friends with his mistress's sister. Whoa. And she, the sister, introduces Catherine to several other powerful political groups oh. that oppose her husband. She and her husband have extremely different ideas about how to run a country.
1: This is wrong in so very many ways, well, and is gonna just spiral yeah, from here.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they have one son together, who becomes Paul the First of Russia. He's born in mm-hmm. 1754. Um, Catherine also had another child, Anya, who only lived to be about four months old. Um, and she died in 1759, mm. and. Peter did not believe that Anya was his daughter, and she probably wasn't. Which is, yeah, I was going to say, which is fair. (laughs) Yeah, uh, she probably wasn't. Although Catherine denied that. Right. You would, wouldn't you? Yes. (laughs) Um, Peter had a bad temper. He would announce drills in the morning to all the male servants, And, like, make them work really hard. And then they would go visit Catherine's rooms afterward and just, like, party all night. (laughs) Oh, They were very different people. (laughs) (laughs) They were very different people is a kind way to say it. Yes, and this is all before they're even Tsar and Tsarina of Russia.
1: Yeah. I was about to say, this is, like, they're decently young still here. They're, like, in their
0: 20s. Yeah, they're young. So, like, you know, that's how 20-year-olds act. I guess. When they have unlimited money, yeah. Yes, yes. So, on January 5th, 1762, or in the old style, December 25th, 1761, Peter succeeds to the throne as Emperor Peter III, and then Catherine becomes Empress Consort. Right. Um, again, I am going to read a quote here because I think it's, it just puts it well. <laughs> Peter was extremely neurotic, rebellious, obstinate, perhaps impotent, nearly alcoholic, and most seriously, a fanatical worshipper of Frederick II of Prussia, the foe of the Empress Elizabeth, who was Peter's mother. Oh my god. Or I'm sorry, aunt. I put that wrong in my notes, Peter's aunt. Yeah. Um. So, P- Frederick II of Prussia has been fighting with russia for quite some time and when peter takes the throne he's like no i like that guy and catherine's like absolutely not wow i will not abide but he was like a fanatic of Frederick wow so catherine is determined to become a sovereign ruler like she wants the power because she mm-hmm. thinks she can run the country better than peter and admittedly she probably can yes um so she she's definitely smarter than him. Oh, she's way smarter. So she begins conspiring like almost immediately from the time <laughs> he gets on the throne. So l- he has lots of enemies and those people initially want to replace him with his son, Paul, right? First of all, Paul's Who's seven at this point. Is a child, <laughs> yes. And, and secondly like No, Um, and Catherine's (laughs) like, actually, it's going to be me. So she, like, steps in to seize the power for herself, and she's helped along in this by her then-lover, Gregory Orlov, who who we'll hear a little bit more about. So in July of 1762, six months into Peter's reign, he takes a trip. He leaves St. Petersburg. Mm. And uh, on July 8th, or in the old style, June 27th, Catherine is informed that one of her co-conspirators conspirators has been arrested by her husband. So she's like woken in the middle of the night. And they're like, hey, they've been arrested. We got to do this now. Oh, God. <laughs> so they basically just start putting it in motion. On July 9th, Catherine leaves to meet... Um, a regiment of the army. She delivers a speech to all the soldiers, saying, "Please protect me from my husband." Um, <laughs> she she basically rouses them up and gets their their support, right? And then she rides with them to the. I'm going to say this one wrong. Hold on, Simonimkovsky barracks. Nope. Semen- nope. Simon Simonovsky barracks. There we go. There. <laughs> Uh, where the clergy is waiting to ordain her as the sole occupant of the restaurant. Oh, the dang! <laughs> so she's got people on her side, and it just moves real, real fast. Dang. So she she's ordained as the sovereign. She has Peter arrested and forces him to sign documents of abdication. Wow. And then on July, 11, uh, July 17th, eight days later... Peter III mysteriously dies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the official cause was a hemorrhoidal, was hemorrhoidal colic, but it's more likely that he was killed by Alexei Orlov, who's the younger brother of her lover Gregory.
1: Of course it's more likely that he was killed. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not officially known whether Catherine had anything to do with it. Cause, There's mean, no
1: way she did it. it. Well, it's
0: perfectly possible that her lover was just like, I'm gonna take care of this once and for all. Right. But it's also perfectly possible that she was like, hey, hey, we'll take can care you of this. take care of this? Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> and even and
1: even if he did it without her uh, like direct instructions, she was probably like, oh Oh, no, he's died. You know, like, whatever. My poor poor deposed
0: husband whom I've locked up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, my poor deposed husband who I have put in jail has died. Wah, wah.
0: I am so so sad. I am so sad. So, (laughs) on September 22nd, 1762, Catherine is crowned at the Assumption Cathedral in Moscow. She makes it a point to have an official coronation.
1: Sure. Uh
0: so her coronation actually marks the creation of the Imperial Crown of Russia, which is still like a treasured crown jewel in Russia. Ah, huh, I
1: didn't know that. That's very interesting. Yes.
0: Um so from that time, the Imperial Crown was given to all of the Romanov emperors mm-hmm. until the monarchy is abolished, obviously. Right, of course. Um and it is on display in the Moscow Kremlin Armory Museum now.
1: Wow. That's that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. hmm And I read a bunch of stuff about, like, all the representative aspects of the crown, but it was a lot. So it was just yeah. like, no, I'll just skip that. <laughs> you
1: can read about it. <laughs> we got too much else to talk about, girl. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a portrait of her hanging in, I think, the the Hermitage. Mm -hmm. Um, of her from her coronation, like wearing the crown and it's like, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so now we're just going to talk about some of the things that happened during her reign. Cool. They might be a little out of order. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of information. Sure. So during her reign, Catherine extends the Russian empire, the borders of the Russian empire by around 200,000 square miles.
1: So that's a gentle way to put it. She
0: she extends the empire. Well, she did. She got a lot of land.
1: <laughs> yes, I know. It's just like, hmm, I wonder what that can mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she went to war. She won yes. a lot of land. <laughs> yes. In 1768, she goes to war with Turkey. And this is really significant because it's kind of the first real battle that she wins. Although she Mm -hmm. never leads troops into battle herself, but, you know, it's, like, a symbolic thing. Yeah. Um, She goes to war with Turkey, and basically all they have at this point, in terms of a naval fleet, is the one that Peter the Great created. And it's, like, far away. So, (laughs) but she, like, allows... She allows the fleet to like split into two and basically come at Turkey from two different sides, and they attack them unexpectedly. And the Russians wipe out nearly nine thousand of the Turkish naval fleet,
1: and the wow. Russians
0: the Russians lose thirty. And oh my! It's an enormous victory, and it's yes. basically Catherine's first opportunity to say, like, "See, I deserve this. Yeah, I'm the one who's going to lead you to greatness." She was very. Intent on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine also annexes Belarus, Lithuania, and the Crimea, which was huge. Yeah, oh my gosh. And Poland becomes a Russian dependency while she's on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine also secures the ports of... Hmm. <laughs> it's a bad word for me to try to pronounce. Uh, Sevastopol, I think. Yeah, that's what I would go for. And Odessa to guarantee... Ru- Russia access to the Black Sea. Oh, okay. So, big trade ports. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The first government-issued paper money is created during her reign in 1768. That's very interesting. I never knew that before. I found that really interesting. What a fun fact. (laughs) What a fun fact.
1: I love when we get a fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Just sprinkled in the middle.
0: Mm -hmm. So, the uh, previously mentioned Hermitage Museum uh which is now it's in the winter palace so if you go to russia you go to the winter palace which is where all the czars lived you're going to the hermitage museum and it began as Catherine's personal collection oh i didn't know that and i feel like i should (laughs) yeah she had a very big collection of art um and that's what started the collection that's now in the hermitage um Catherine is known for using her clothing to express her power, which I love that. love that. Love that. And I know that a lot of her dresses were on display in the Hermitage. I don't know if they still are, but the documentary that I was talking about earlier that I love, she goes and looks at the dresses. So yeah. this is where I got the information uh, about this. That's where I got mm-hmm. the information about this. Um, So she used a lot of aspects of men's military uniforms in her own like commanders' quote-unquote uniform that she cool. you know was like all very ceremonial. She didn't. Yeah. Wear that, but um, and it was also like European inspired, right? So there were elements of men's military clothing and also like French dresses, huh? Because it was a dress that she right. didn't wear. She did wear trousers in some of her military uniforms, and there's a portrait of her like with the trousers on a horse. You mm-hmm. know, the whole the whole gig. Um, she orders the Russian imperial court to only wear clothing of Russian silk. Uh-huh. Because she didn't want the material coming from other countries. Sure. Uh, she wrote comedies, fiction, and memoirs. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um Good she, for her. Yeah, right. Like this this whole
1: episode is just me doing that good for her meme. You know yeah, what right? I mean? <laughs> With the like cupcake. That's me this whole
0: episode. Good for her. Uh, She's also uh, good friends with Voltaire. Sure. Because why not? She corresponds with him for like 15 years, up until his death. And she actually acquires his collection of books from his heirs and places them in the National Library of Russia. That's
1: dope. That's so cool. I know. It's
0: very cool. So... Also during Catherine's reign, Russians import uh, and study the classical and European influences that inspire the Russian Enlightenment, so lots of culture. Um, Catherine embraces science and doesn't put a lot of stock into superstition, which is kind of new because yeah, superstition very is a very big part of the Eastern Orthodox Church at the time. Yeah. Um, Catherine is a patron of Russian opera. Um, operas are often performed at the homes of nobles during her time on the throne and actors are typically serfs who are taken from their like homes at a very young age to become actors oof yeah and they have to it's it's a very weird dynamic because they're performing for rich people so they have to sort of come off as rich people even though they're not they don't belong to that class at all. So they And also everyone weird.
1: knows that they don't and yes. yet they still have to like act that way. But
0: there's a there's an expectation of like behaving civilly. You know what I right. mean? Right. Yeah. It's very weird. It is very weird. Um so okay so let's get into the education a little bit. So Catherine yes. is a strong believer in education. She wants The poor to be educated she wants women to be educated she she wants everybody to have a strong education yeah (laughs) yeah i'm into Um, it (laughs) so she makes a lot of attempts at various education reforms she puts together commissions to implement the education of serfs and girls um a lot of them fail Because they're not well thought out or they're severely underfunded. Sure. So, I mean, first of all, there are so many people in Russia, so that's difficult. But um, she does found the Smolny Institute for Noble Maidens. (laughs) Again, sounds like a fake school. (laughs) Yeah. In 1764, to raise educated women, good mothers, and useful members of family and society. And this is the first educational establishment for women in Russia. That's dope. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So an estimated 62,000 pupils are being educated in around 400, or I'm sorry, 549 state institutions near the end of her reign. Wow. Um, But that's such a small number compared to the population of Russia. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So we tend to think of Catherine as like the great educator of Russia because that's how history sort of looks at her. And she did try. She just wasn't as successful as we think she (laughs) was. But if you,
1: I'm guessing, if you compare it to the number of people who were educated before her reign, it probably went up by several hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, just because it was, it's so small compared to the total population doesn't mean that it wasn't a huge jump.
0: That from what is it was true. Before, you know that is true. Those incrementals,
1: the her, the people she educated were then the people who furthered education.
0: You know what I mean? Yes, that I would say that's true. Although I, I think I read somewhere that like a lot of people just didn't get to finish their education sure. because when they were in those like state-sponsored institutions, they'd lose their funding. Yeah, because they didn't have enough money.
1: Yeah, so it would crop up, and they would get a little bit of education, and then it would die. Yeah. And then another one would pop up in a town over, and they would go and try, and then nothing would come of it, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, not only did Catherine want to <clears throat> educate everyone, that was her goal. She also initially made uh, makes attempts to free the serfs. Oh, wow. It's not successful. Of course not. So, so she puts together a commission... Um, And writes up this uh, document, I can't remember what it's called because it's a Russian name I didn't commit to my memory, Um, (laughs) that has, like, a clause in it that basically says everyone should be equal under the law. Also, she tries to ban um, torture. Um, It just doesn't, it just doesn't pass because she can't make it happen while keeping the nobles on her side. Yeah, of course not. So, she had ideas, <laughs> mm-hmm. but she didn't follow through on, on those. and
1: so, or, or she couldn't follow through on them.
0: Well, but ultimately it was her choice because yeah. she did believe that she, you know, was a sovereign ruler and had the power to make the laws, but she chose to side with the nobles. Yeah. So, you know, there are different ways to interpret the intention there. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know her. Yeah. But, so the serfs, as you can imagine, are not too pleased with that fact. <laughs> no. So, in 1773, a revolt begins. Sure. It's brought on by, I'm going to try another name here, Yemelian Ivanovich Pugachev. Sure. Um, And th- so this is in response to her failing to free the serfs. So... His plan is to pretend to be the deposed Peter the and he comes in and t- Catherine's husband. He comes in and tells all the serfs, "I wasn't dead. I was just away in Egypt <coughs> doing other stuff," what? and it works. <laughs> he gathers a following oh. of oh, serfs. No. <laughs> And he basically is like, hey, I'm the true czar, right? I have the power to free you and give you your rights. But we have to rise up against Catherine to make that happen. Oh and it, my God. And it works. Uh, it works. <sighs> and 1,500 nobles are killed during this uprising. Half of them women and children. Wow. Um, Catherine has to... Send in military intervention. Sure, but they don't squash it for two years. Oh my god! And then Pugachev is hanged and quartered in Moscow after he's captured.
1: Is wild. I know. I know. I don't understand
0: how he got away with that. I don't. How he like convinced so many people. Catherine had ideas about this, though. It was very much her belief that. The reason this worked is because those people were not educated enough to know. I mean, that's absolutely true. So that was like... That's how that happens. Yeah. Yes. It was a very big thing for her. And she knew that. Yeah. And so she didn't respond by like clamping down harder. Because she
1: understood that the reason they revolted is because they want their rights. And the reason they don't have their rights is because of this lack of education. and It's this like terrible spiral. Yes.
0: Which is interesting to me that she she didn't choose to um to lean into <laughs> like taking down the serf's notch, you know um, yeah. because she was also after the French Revolution she was like terrified that that could happen to her oh yeah because she had never thought about that before yeah. like many other monarchs at the time like they saw that happen and then they went oh that could happen yeah. And it's so interesting to me that she didn't choose to to lean into that because I feel like any other Russians are probably would have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they definitely would have. Okay, so more about Catherine's reign, now that we've moved on from the weirdest uprising ever. Yeah, that was um incredibly strange. Yeah, it's real weird. Um, so she nationalizes all of the church lands to help pay for her wars. Sure. She, despite the fact that she... Went real hard into Russian orthodoxy when she first arrived there. She was never really one to, I guess you could say, practice it very right. Um She was not... I, I feel like to
1: her it was probably more of a cultural learning than a religious yes, learning.
0: Absolutely. She And she wasn't um, very strict when it came to religion for for someone in this time period and mm-hmm. with the power that she had. There were obviously, I mean, you can read a lot about like um Islam under Catherine huh. and Judaism under Catherine sure. because the attitude in Russia toward both of those religions were was very specific and yeah and negative ultimately. Yeah. Um but I don't want to get like too deep into it. <laughs> um I will say she empties the monasteries. Um she forces a lot of the remaining remaining clergymen to become farmers, or she, yeah. So she, she like she's not into it as an institution. Yeah, basically.
1: Which is understandable. Yeah, but
0: so different.
1: <laughs> yeah, very different. You know, it's I. It's because she was so well educated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's she understood probably the true. problems of an institutional church, and she was not Russian. Yeah, and she was not. So she was raised- able to like look at it from a distance. Mm-hmm. She was not raised in the Romanov family. She's not a Romanov. Yeah, technically, I mean, she's related, but she's not in the direct line. No, so she had Romanov blood, but she did. She wasn't raised as a Romanov. Right, so, right. Different perspective.
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh,
0: so, should we talk a little bit about her lovers?
1: <gasps> yes,
0: this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> she took m- many lovers. Again, I say, um, good for her. <laughs> yeah. She she would give them high positions. Sure. Um, For as long as she, they were interesting to her. And then she'd be like, <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> she'd pension them off. She'd give them serfs and estates. I found this interesting. It's from Richard Pipes, uh, Russia Under the Old Regime, which I read part of in my Russian history class, I think. Huh. Um, in college, uh, Catherine gave away sixty-six thousand serfs from seventeen sixty-two to seventeen seventy-two, two hundred two hundred thousand from seventeen seventy-three to ninety-three, and a hundred thousand in one day on August eighteenth, seventeen ninety-five. Like That's what? what? Those are people. Yeah, people that you want to educate, but How also many... are like cool
1: with this. Like, <sighs> ooh, <gasps> absurd. That's wild. Ugh. Just to get o- get rid of guys she doesn't want around yeah. anymore. Yeah, that is
0: wild. So one of her most notable lovers was Grigory Alexandrovich Potem- uh, Potemkin. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it a like, million uh, times, but I was like, "Nope, gotta ch- make sure it's right." Um, and they were sort of partners in crime for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he becomes the commander in chief of the Russian army. He he basically was a fellow ruler along with her. Sure, he made a lot of decisions. Um, and he he was kind of the love of her life. Um, uh-huh. there were a lot of rumors that they secretly married, though. There's no real proof of that. She right. she chose not to marry because she preferred to rule as the Dowager Empress of Russia, which is probably a good call. Right. It's like, "Oh, my husband died, and that's how I got the power." You know what I mean? Like yeah. it it looks like that from the outside if you don't know about the coup. Yeah, for sure.
1: And 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 then marrying someone else after that is always going to change people's perceptions of mm-hmm. her, like, forever. Yes. No matter what she did before, all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's been remarried. Oh, there's another man in the yes. palace and he can have all this say. Like, it, it yes. just changes that dynamic so much that that was, like. Especially yeah. because she's German. There's already a lack of oh, trust yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just changes it too much for her to be able to, like. I guess, have that luxury to remarry again and still yeah. keep her power.
0: Yeah. hmm So her affair with uh, Potemkin ends in 1776, which is the year America becomes a thing. That's weird to think yeah. about. Here we are now.
1: <laughs> um, Here we are now in America talking about this. <laughs> yeah.
0: And allegedly he selects a, a new, like, candidate lover for her. <laughs> Um, like he finds someone that he thinks will hold her attention. Hey, I know
1: we're splitting up, but I found you a new boyfriend.
0: <laughs> but I guess that's like how how close they are, and yeah. how much he understands her. That he's yeah. like, okay, I know we're not like that. This is not happening anymore. Getting jiggy with it anymore. But like, I know you're still gonna do it, so I might as well have some say. I guess. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> Uh, um, or maybe he just wanted what was
1: best for her and tried to find her someone nice you know like I guess you never know
0: yeah uh another one of her famous lovers is of course Grigory Grigorovich Orlov right we talked about earlier he helped to overthrow her husband Grigory Grigorovich oh Russia well, yeah um and they actually have a child together hmm. Alexei Grigorovich bobrinsky um he is brought up away from his parents and yeah he's not he's not really part of the family awkward Uh, awkward (laughs) uh she may have also had another illegitimate child um elizabeth gregor nope the women's ones are always harder for me yeah gregorio gregorovna yeah sure uh timkina Uh, Who was brought up under another household and never acknowledged by Catherine. It's, now people think it's probably unlikely that that was her child, but it was believed to be true then and is also possible. Um, So, Catherine's been through a lot. She sure has. She's been working very hard for the Empire. Mm -hmm. It's kind of her life's mission to expand the Empire and she's doing it. And then on November 16th, or in the old style November 5th, 1796, Catherine rises early in the morning, has her coffee, is working through her papers, still working through the for the Empire. She tells her maid she had a, an amazing night's sleep. And then sometime after nine that morning, she's found on the floor, uh having had a stroke. Whoa. So they attempt to revive her, but she falls into a coma. Oh, wow. And then she dies that evening around 945. She's 67 years old. Wow. Sad way to go. Sad way to go.
1: It, it like, although of all the ways um, a, mar- a monarch
0: can go, not that bad. <laughs> That's true. But it was just like, she felt good. She yeah. was doing her work. The same work she felt she was destined to do. Mm-hmm. And then she was, And then she was gone. That is just wild. Yeah, sad. Uh, okay. Later, (laughs) stories- That's a great way to
1: lead into anything. Okay.
0: (laughs) Later, after her death, stories start circulating regarding the manner of her death. And then a popular story, probably created to tarnish her legacy. Of course. Is that she died after having sex with her horse. Which is like, why? Because she- Because the maids would spread a bunch of, they spread the story about this because they knew she spent a lot of time with her favorite horse, Dudley. Okay. So, and that story like persists. Yeah. I mean, people know it. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that. We'll get, I'm going to loop back around to that in a second, actually, because I have another point to make, but we're not there yet. Okay. So, (laughs) Catherine's will states I'm going to just read it. Lay out my corpse dressed in white with a golden crown on my head, and on it, inscribe my Christian name. Mourning dress is to be worn for six months, and no longer. The shorter, the better. That's fantastic. They don't do that. Ugh, oh, that's so
1: rude! It's so beautifully written. She yeah. has very clear instructions. She says,
0: mourn me for a time, and then get on with your life. <laughs> yeah, they lay her to rest with a gold crown on her head and clothed in a silver brocade dress. I have to think that's probably just it was just more traditional. Yeah, but still. Um and she is buried at the Peter and Paul Cathedral in St. Petersburg. Sure. Okay, so this next bit I'm going to I'm just going to read a quote here. So On a date already set for a week before she died, Catherine had intended to formally announce that Paul, her son, would be excluded from the succession and that the crown would go to her eldest grandson, Alexander.
1: Whoa.
0: So uh, Paul was very much like his father. Yeah. He had a military obsession. He and Catherine were nothing alike. And Catherine identified more with her her grandchildren, Paul's, mm-hmm. Paul's children. Yeah. Um, and she always the pragmatist, I guess you could say, uh, very much didn't want everything she worked for to be ruined. Yeah. So she did not intend to, to have Paul. To let him her. get on the throne. Yeah. Yeah. But that announcement never happens because she dies. So. Wow. Paul does succeed her. Oh. So. Um, <laughs> And on the day he's crowned, he changes the law so that no other woman will ever have the throne in Russia again.
1: Boo!
0: Boo, and Paul, you suck! <laughs> yeah, and Catherine is in fact the last female monarch that Russia has. Boo, Paul. Boo. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> um, Paul, though... Is assassinated five years after taking the throne. And then Alexander, his son, Alexander the First, becomes the next emperor. There. Um Better. in the Romanov dynasty. Yeah. So it does happen. <laughs> Alexander just, gets there. F- just five years
1: later than she intended in a very terrible new rule.
0: <laughs> yeah, after Paul changes things around. Ugh. Boo. So Catherine's um image in Russia is a very strong one obviously. They refer to her as Catherine the Great. Yes. <laughs> um and I I think oh Russians correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there is a statue of her that's similar to the one of Peter the Great. Cool. They might be they might be in the same place. I can't quite remember. I, can't I love remember. that though. Um uh, so she she has a good um reputation in Russia and she's sort of seen as She's a source of national pride there. Right. Um, Non-European or non-Russians have a very different opinion of Catherine. Well, yeah. Um, Because she took a lot of people's land. Well, and she was a huge threat. She was very strong and um, harsh, Mm -hmm. you know. And so the Western world feared her. Yeah. Of course they did. they actually are the ones who create this image of her as this sexual being.
1: Right. To discredit her. Of course.
0: Yeah. And there are, like, political cartoons you can find from, like, England where they've drawn things that suggest that because she's, like, a woman who... Likes to enjoy herself. <laughs> that there's something wrong with her. <laughs> yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So very different images of her.
1: Yeah, unsurprisingly, that makes a lot of sense. But she that's did a lot of stories... really good things
0: for Russia, but she also took a lot of people's land. Like, but that's why stories like the horse one stick in the cultural lexicon. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: true. It's
0: very annoying to me
1: because mm-hmm.
0: I have a lot of respect for Catherine. Yeah. I mean, she's obviously was not perfect, but
1: no, but she like she had a lot of really like advanced ideas for her time, and even though she didn't follow through with all of them, she did she did some stuff, you know she tried, yeah. she made some attempts
0: <laughs> and for for a female monarch, uh-huh, she was probably one of well for any monarch, she was probably one of the best military conquerors, oh yeah, in like modern history i guess you could say modern and and for 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 being a female monarch she certainly surpassed other female monarchs in that area
1: yeah for sure in a big way Hmm.
0: she's very interesting
1: she is very interesting she's very cool i know we didn't get that into all of the military stuff but like yeah i don't know she's yeah. very cool
0: well should we find out what google wants to know about her
1: yes of course
0: okay This should be Uh, interesting. Was was Catherine the Great Russian? No, she's German. Pretty good question. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No, not technically. She was, well, she was Prussian German. Uh, Yes, yes. Uh, Was Catherine the Great German? (laughs) Yes, she was. Would you look at that? She was. (laughs) Was Catherine the Great a good ruler? I, we I always yes. get this.
1: We always get a good ruler. It's like, I, yes, but also you
0: can't. It's not really. It's hard to measure. Google can't really answer that question for you because it's an no. objective question.
1: Yeah, there Did are people she, who were pretty objectively bad rulers. Yes, but anytime you're looking for the answer, are they a good ruler? It's like, well, to their people, probably, but to the people around them, probably not. You I know, mean, it like depends. It
0: depends. Yeah. really. And and yeah. Was she good at a lot of things? Yes. Yeah. Was she was she a successful ruler? Absolutely. Did she do everything she should have done? No, but neither was yeah. any other ruler ever. Yeah. Uh, was Catherine the Great married to Peter the Great? No, he he was dead by then. That
1: would be wild.
0: <laughs> he was What tough. a power couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. But I will say we would not I don't think we would have had Catherine the Great without Peter the Great because she very much admired him as a leader. Mm -hmm. And also she married his grandson. (laughs) Well, yeah. Here's a good question. Was Catherine the Great an enlightened despot? Huh. That's a good question because a lot of people refer to her as that. That's her reputation. Yeah. Was it completely backed up by her actions? No. She believed in enlightened principles, but she also ruled in a way that some would consider her a despot, which is like a those are those are conflicting terms. So Sure. Was she She would say no. She she was pretty um adamant to say no to that. And let's see, let me find the last one we're going to do here. Um it- <laughs> Is Catherine the Great a true story? (laughs) Now, I know why they're asking this, and it's because there's an HBO series coming out called Catherine the Great. But I also don't know why they think that means it's not a true story.
1: The wording of it is spectacular.
0: Yeah. Is is Catherine
1: the Great, is she a true story? A true story? (laughs) Is that human being
0: a true story? (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, Google, you never disappoint. Yeah. So that was our first episode of the new year. Yes. Starting out with the Russians. We did it. Yeah, well, hello. Who's surprised? It was my episode. (laughs) How was I going to not? Yeah. I do love the Russians. Um, The Russian history. Did we start last year
1: with the Russians, too? Now I have to go look. I don't remember. Hold on. Because I think our first first of last year might have been the Romanovs.
0: It might have been. Our first ever episode was a different Catherine. She was... An English queen. Our
1: first of last year was the last of the Romanovs.
0: Whoa!
1: That's wild.
0: Are we starting a tradition? I don't know. We'll I don't we say will that have to see. I don't want to hold myself to that. Yeah. So, probably not. Um, so thank you so much for being here with us for another year. We're going to keep it going in 2020. Yeah. Um, not sure what we're going to talk about next time. Nope, I have no idea. But we'll get a, there. A, for us, it's very far away. Yeah, so. for where we're recording now, it's a while away before we have to do that. Um, so if you listeners have suggestions for things you'd like to hear us talk about, um, this year or ever, um, <laughs> you can email those to us at rememberthatpod at gmail and you can also find us on Twitter at rttpod. Um, and if you are looking for me on Twitter or Instagram, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter.
1: Alright. Yeah,
0: another year. Another Let's year. Let's do it. Starting it off right with
1: some Russian history. Yes. We're gonna keep it rolling with many other histories.
0: <laughs> That's kind of the whole thing. That's sort of our whole thing. So until that next time,
1: remember that time.